This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam Get him ready for the NBA Bucket Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. Com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, dressed in a fine shade of pink, Steve Sell. How you doing? Think pink. Steve, we have so many things to get to today. Whether it is the Kansas Jayhawks last night surviving in Fort Worth, whether it's bullpup basketball, think pink night, whether it's K-State getting back to work tonight, whether it is Kareem Hunt getting signed by the Browns, but most importantly... The Bachelor's down to seven women, Steve. Oh, let's not talk about the... Well, we got too much to talk about. The, the Bachelor's about the down bachelor. to seven. Colton had to send some girls home. Well, I, I feel for him. He had to tell this one girl. I won't say her name in case Missy? there aren't any spoilers. Probably. I can't I can't say any names. Well. But she said, I don't, I don't know if you love me. And he said, well, I don't think I can. See you later, sister. Hit the bricks. See, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. Another girl, she went to him and said, look, I don't think you're giving me enough attention. And he said, all right, see you later. Sayonara. It was a great morning. He got rid of five women. And what's that? We got we got. We're down many, to seven. We got too many sports to talk about. We got Kansas. That's Jay the up. most important thing, Steve. Well, maybe to you. All right, Steve. I thought that this opening segment today was going to be a Steve air out his grievances again. I watched the KU game with Steve last night, and there was a little moment at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half, that I think maybe Steve was starting to turn things around in his head, and he was going, oh, look, this KU team, they're playing well. They're up by nine. They're going to get this big win in Fort up Worth. By 12. Up by 12. Then all of a sudden, TCU starts roaring back, and then Steve just starts dipping into this spiraling depression. Oh, my God. How are they going to blow this one? Oh, that, look, look at this. It's not going to be fun when they lose this one. Then KU, they find a way to get it back to even. They're trying to hold on to go to overtime. I think TCU had the ball with about 20 seconds left in regulation. And he's going, oh, there's no, no, no chance they're going to win this one. I said, Steve, have some faith, man. Isn't that exactly what I said? I think it I is. I said, have some faith. KU's going to get a stop, force it into overtime, and win. And he went, oh, not happening. Well, they got to overtime. People kept fouling out. And he said, they're, they're not going to be able to score the I rest said, of the overtime. I said, look at that ragtag. They're trying to win with that ragtag bunch they had left on the floor. They had, like, Charlie Moore, K.J. Lawson, Abaji uh, Dotson, and uh, who was the other one? They had a fifth, Who was the fifth? McCormick. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bunch of – 
pair, uh, you know, spare parts. I told Steve, I said, have some faith. And you know what? They needed your faith because they picked up a great win last night on the road in overtime at a hostile environment. And Steve's been saying all year, they can't win on the road. They can't win on the road. Well, they, have well, they did. They, yes, they did. So how does your mind change about this KU team after last night? I think they still won't have enough to catch K-State because K-State's playing too well, for one thing. And KU still has, some, I think, four tough road games. Uh, I think they've got an OUO State, uh, Texas Tech. and Yeah, Oklahoma State will be a real tough road game with their 2,000 people in the stands well, because they have three people on the team. They have 2,000 people in the stands except when they play KU and then it's packed. I don't, I don't like the narrative that everybody's throwing out here that K-State is just too far in front. Because you know what happens if K-State loses tonight to it's, Texas on the road? It's a one-game lead. Then it's one game and everybody's not, back in the middle of it. they're not going to lose. They, K, they played horrible against Texas the first time. They, that, they're going to come so focused for that game tonight. And Texas doesn't shoot it very well. And when you go up against K-State's defense, that, that's, that's not a good combination of Texas' poor shooting K-State's good defense. I just get the feeling, I don't know if K-State will lose tonight, but at some point they're going to lose in this mix. I think they have Iowa State on Saturday. I really do believe it. And I do think in order for K-State to win the Big 12 outright, they're going to have to win at Allen Fieldhouse. And I don't know if that means in order to get ahead of KU, that's what they're going to have to do. Because I think it it probably would be if it came down to KU and K-State, whoever wins that game at Allen Fieldhouse. But I don't even think K-State's close to being out of the water yet. Well, now, a win tonight would help a lot. Let me ask you this. How many games can KU lose and still earn a share? Because right now I think that's what they're looking at at best is earning a share. I think they can lose five. Really? I think they can drop to 13-5 and five and share. Okay. As long as that fifth loss isn't to K-State. Right. I think if they beat K-State and slip up somewhere else, I think K-State will leak back to five. I really do. And if they if they don't, then I think they win. I think, I think the game that's going to do KU in is at Texas Tech. I think that's the game that's going to do them in. I thought that was the same thing last year, and I thought that would be the big difference maker, and KU played a really good game at Texas Tech. But I really do think this K-State game is going to be important because I think that's the one, if KU wins – and I can't remember exactly where it's at in their schedule. I'm going to pull it up here real quick. But if it's they can pretty, find a way to win that quick. one. It's, it's not There's not too many games down the road. The 25th? Is that next week? Well, today is – no, that's two weeks from today. Okay. No, two weeks from yesterday. I'm sorry. Okay. Today's the 12th. Yeah. So I think that game is the most important game on the schedule in the Big 12 the rest of the way. But KU, I thought, played well, and Steve is just convinced it's over. K-State is playing so well, though. And I am very interested to see what they do tonight at Texas because this is their game where K-State's in a position that they have not been in, if ever, for sure not the last 14 well, years. they've been the hunter for 14 years. Now they're the hunted, but no Cartier Jara tonight. They're the hunter. He's hurt. Cartier Jara is hurt. They're the leaders of the pack. Yeah. And that is a different mindset. They're and not, it's, it's a different they're style. They're not used to having someone come up behind them and put their arms around their throat and... Try to fend off being choked. Up until this week, they hadn't even been ranked in like two months. Yeah, now they're 18th. They jump from nothing to 18th. Which I think is still a little low. I think, I think they yeah. should be a lot closer to the top 10, but 13. that doesn't matter right now. Yeah, That's going to be a huge game tonight. And then I'm telling you, K 
KUK stay down Fieldhouse. That's the game of the year. Well, in the I think conference. the Big Twelve race. There's more emphasis on this on it this year than any other year. One because KU's, you know, not going to cruise to the championship, and the other is the race is going to be more important because I don't see any of these teams in the Big Twelve. Maybe Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, no way. Final Four, forget it. For sure they can. No. Last year Loyola made it. No. It's a tournament. It's a draw the hat. It's who's playing well. K-State made the Elite Eight last year. What were they, the fifth best team in the conference? Well, you can thank Virginia choking But that's what can happen. I think any of these teams could make any type of run. They're all good enough. Uh, I just don't see it. KU could make a Final Four and win a national oh, championship. Oh, no. And it would be strange. It would be strange. They well, would need some help. If somebody, you know, they transform Quentin Grimes or something, maybe. Steve, I think, is a little frustrated with Quentin Grimes. Ugh. I think he has not been thrilled with his performances of late. What did he miss? Eight threes in a row last night Well, to close out the game? When you when you don't have it going from three, you take the ball to the basket. And he just kept sitting out there and hatching threes. Now, the guy that I think gave Steve a lot of encouragement last night, Devon Dotson. Yeah. He played all 45 minutes, made five or six big free throws at the very end of the game, Finished with 25 points, and we've said it a lot of times, Steve. This KU bunch doesn't have that one player that can take over a game. But Devon Dotson. And Devon Dotson did last Devon night. Devon Dotson, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to be a Devontae or a Frank Mason because he's got a bulldog mentality. He's the guy that really plays hard. Now, he turns it over a lot. You know, I he think, had six last night. Yeah, six. That's, that's a lot. And. He had a real bad stretcher where he missed a free throw, the front of a free throw that would have, I think, got him close. Then he had it turned over. Then he threw a bad pass, and I said, oh, he's mind blown. But, boy, did he just turn around in overtime. And the other guy that kind of gate, you know, came out of nowhere was K.J. Lawson. Yeah. And, you know, he's you know he's 6'7", looks like he's about 180 pounds, looks like he couldn't, you know, lift the barbell bar, 35, what is it, 35 pounds? I believe it's 45. 45. I don't think he could even lift it. I mean, he's so weak. But boy, I bet he can. He hit he hit some really big shots at the end of regulation. He got the he, he hit the shot that got him in overtime. Then he had a big shot in overtime to give him a two-point lead. Steve, mark my words. KU will share this conference, if not win it outright. They're I, going to at least get a share. You know that, right? I don't know that. You know that, right? I, any other year, I would say that. Have you seen the story played out enough? Have I, you seen I Bill would, Self in the Big 12 I say, enough? I would say any other year, that's probable. But there's something about this team just, I don't know. Maybe the Gerald Vic thing has galvanized this team and brought them together because Bill Self said after the game that was the best locker room that they'd had all season after a game. They were so excited and they really need Marcus Garrett back. They need that extra body. I don't know when he's going to get back. I don't know. I don't think Gerald's coming back. I really don't. And if he does, I mean, I think they're playing better without him. And, you know, it's a sad situation. But uh, he's just right now not a good fit with that team. Steve, the big story of the day yesterday in terms of the NFL and really the sports world was former Chief Kareem Hunt. And I, I got the update yesterday at 1259. That's when I started to figure it out, so we were going off the air. Kareem Hunt is back into the league, kind of, as he was signed by the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Now, he is still on the 
commissioner's exempt list, which means that he cannot play. And at some point here pretty soon, they will dish out a suspension well, for ta- him. I'm, I'm hearing 10 to 12 games. That's the number that I've seen. So the Cleveland Browns are taking a chance on Kareem Hunt and probably assuming that he'll get 10, 12, maybe just a little bit less games right. of a suspension next year, but that he's on a one-year, $1 million contract, and then he is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So the Browns are taking a chance and taking a gamble. And imagine if the Browns are in a playoff race and they're able to bring Kareem Hunt in in Week 13 and be able to give them some big-time carries and and be a second life for them. He'd be fresh. Were you surprised at how fast this happened? Did you think it would take a little bit longer before he would be back in the league? But I'm not surprised it was Cleveland. He's from, you know, he's around that area. John Dorsey, the general manager, was the guy that drafted him. Right. He says, we've done our due diligence. And let's face it, society is all about second chances. And you just knew somebody was going to pick him up. And it'll be interesting to see the reaction of the Browns fans. Um, Because, you know, Ray Rice, you know, when he was at Baltimore, he never got the second chance that Kareem Hunt is getting. Of course, Ray Rice, the video on him was just, wasn't great. Oh, it was not great. I mean, but Kareem Hunt's video wasn't very it good. Wasn't either. great. No. But you know, th- this is a world of second chances and and I guess Cleveland feels like they'll put up with the public backlash and uh pay him a million dollars basically probably play four games. I haven't seen quite the same amount of backlash that I saw 4 or 5 months ago whenever this initially happened and they found out that the Chiefs were cutting Kareem Hunt. What, what was that October? Yeah. Sometime right in there. What I was a little bit surprised to see was this reaction from some Chiefs fans going, why on earth did we ever cut him in the first place? Why wouldn't we just kept him, put him on that suspension, get him on the commissioner's exempt list, and just hold out? They didn't really have a choice. Well, it was because he lied. Right. They didn't have a choice. Yeah, he he bald-faced lied to him. And said, oh, I didn't do anything. And they said, are you sure? Yeah, I didn't oh, do yeah, anything. Yeah. Is there a video? No, no, no. I've, I've looked into it. There's nothing. And so they didn't have a choice. Number one, because of the lying. But number two, because of the backlash that they were getting. Right. Whether that would have been the same thing that Ray Rice saw. Baltimore didn't really have much of a choice. I know some of their fans were in support of him. And I know there were Chiefs fans that were in support of him. But I'm a little bit surprised to see the Chiefs fans' reaction now saying, I can't believe we didn't just stick him out and, and, and figure it out and, and keep him around because he's just so good. They didn't have an opportunity. They didn't have any other choice. This is what they had to do. Yeah. And they were playing the gambling game because, um, who knows, Steve, at this point, when they do issue the suspension, what if this is a three-year suspension? What if this is not a 10-12 to 12 game? What if they really lay the hammer down? I don't think And then the that. Chiefs just have this guy lingering around that can't play for him for two years. Yeah, I... I don't think they're going to drop the hammer like a two or three year or anything like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if now a year, I could see him giving him a I year. could too. I really could. And then, you know, he's going to get paid a million dollars for nothing. So they've already, you know, they've signed him. So they've got to pay him, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how the contract's worded. Well, he's not on a contract anymore. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't until yesterday. Yeah. So it's, it's a one year. And then at the end of that year, he's done. Yeah. Steve, the other big move in the NFL that happened just about 30 minutes ago, who knows if these guys will someday team up. Antonio Brown, he's telling the Steelers, I'm ready for a trade. I'm ready to move on. 
Yeah, thanks for the memories. Which we kind of had a feeling would be happening at some point because they have had a very bad offseason. They had a really bad season to begin with, didn't make the playoffs. I picked them to win the Super Well, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, but that was before I knew Le'Veon Bell was going to sit out for the year and go party down in Miami all season. And then have Ben Roethlisberger be a little pouty all year. Yeah. Be mad at Bell. Offensive linemen are just mad at Bell. Yeah. Then people start getting mad at Antonio Brown. They start getting mad at at everybody and around you know, over there, Mike and you Tomlin. Know, you know where I said he's going to end up? New England. Yep. The that that will just that will make people want to throw up. New England? If Antonio Brown is a Patriot. New England is the halfway house. It is the home of – talk about the home of second chances. I'm surprised it wasn't them that signed Kareem Hunt. It wouldn't have been crazy. But the no. thing is they have some good running yeah, backs right now anyway. Running backs, yeah. The NFL, it always finds a way to keep relevant and keep having things happen. And I have a feeling with free agency there will be a few more moves that happen. There will be some other trades that happen before we get to NFL draft season. But – Kareem Hunt to the Browns, Antonio Brown to who knows where. Whoever lands Antonio Brown, especially if it's a program like or a franchise like the Patriots, what if he went out and played for Phyllis Rivers and the Chargers? Well, he said he wanted to play for the 49ers. That's what, what if he went and played with Jimmy G and Shanahan? Yeah, but they stink. I hope even, so. Even with him, they'd stink. So I hope so. Yeah. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll take a look at Bullpup basketball getting in action tonight to take on the Bueller Crusaders at home. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, you got your pink on. You're ready to go tonight? Oh, yeah. It is Think Pink Night inside the Roundhouse as Bullpup Basketball takes on the Bueller Crusaders in the first of three really big games this week and the first of the final four games of this season for both McPherson teams. Tonight taking on Bueller and then Friday on the road at Circle in Tawanda. Tawanda. And then Saturday on the road in Lawrence for the girls to take on Baldwin and, and we then won't, the boys to take on Free State. And we won't have a coaches show on Saturday. That's right. Because we'll be heading up to Lawrence. So uh, we won't have – and plus the McPherson coaches aren't available. Um, so we're just decide we're not going to have a coaches show this week. And uh, you, you can hear what coaches Kinneman and Stratman have to say when we talked about the game coming up. Uh, after Friday's game down at Circle. Yeah, there you go. We will be talking about Saturday's game. And we'll have that audio on our pregame show on Saturday night right. for both of those games on the road there. But tonight is the first of these final four. And for the McPherson boys, as we look at their final four games of this season, they've already beaten three of the teams that they're going to play, Bueller, Circle, and Augusta. Then with Free State, a team that they saw play three times in their own building at the Invitational. These are four games for the boys that, if they play well, they win. Yeah. These are also four games 
if they do not play well, they could lose. Yeah. And that's the scary thing about this season. And Coach Kinnaman has said the same thing. And looking at this schedule and looking at their season as a whole, that they can beat anybody. And that's true by looking at their losses, just four losses. And in all four of them had chances to win. But they, they, they if they do not play their best, they're right in the mix with everybody. They're 12-4. and four. They could be sixteen and zero, and they could be eight and eight. That's right. how that's how little of room of error the margin of error is for this team. I mean, they have won several. They've lost some close games. They've won some close games. One thing they always do, they make it exciting, or maybe not exciting, just scary. Well, yeah, because give Steve a heart palpitation. The, the El Dorado and Winfield games should not have been close, and they were close for three quarters. I mean, Winfield of all teams tied. After three quarters. That should have never happened. For the McPherson girls, their three games this week are the most important three-game stretch because they have their Think Pink night tonight, and it's an exciting game. You play your rival Bueller at home. Then Friday, you go on the road to circle and what will likely determine who wins the league. Then Saturday, you go take on a Baldwin team that is your statement game. You get three different types of games this week. Number one, you have your rivalry game. You have your league championship type of game. Then you get your statement win to boost your resume. And for the McPherson girls, a 3-0 week not only would be huge in terms of their morale and looking at their resume, but also for standings in the postseason because they have got to keep up with the top of this 5A West, which the only way to keep up with this group right now is to keep winning. Well, they've won 13 games in a row, and they have not moved up one spot in the Class 5A rankings because the four teams ahead of them just don't lose. May uh, I think it's Mays South. Mays South is undefeated. Undefeated. Heights has lost one. Is it Goddard, I think, has lost one. Goddard is hanging around. And the Bullpups have lost one. So there are four teams right there. What did I say? The combined record of the top four teams is 62-3. and three. Well, then you look to the east side of the state, and St. Thomas Aquinas has been very good, and we will see them this weekend at the Varsity Showcase on Saturday. But, yeah. May South, zero losses. Wichita Heights, one. McPherson, one. Goddard, one. Then you have Mays with a huge sum total of three losses. Right. So they have to continue to keep the pace, I guess that we can say. And Coach Strathman has said he's looked at these schedules a few times, and he looks at May South's schedule and says, I don't know if they're going to lose again. And, he and looks remember, at Wichita Heights' schedule and says, I don't know if they're going to lose again. And remember, again. the last game doesn't even count. For May South, right. Right. So for, Well, for everybody. The, the well, for McPherson, it will. It will count for McPherson? Yes. Okay. Because they play on the Oh, that's Tuesday. right. That's right. They're on the, yeah. Right. But for some of the teams, if they play most Friday the other, of next most week. Most of the other teams play on Friday. So. Right. So if you play on the Friday of next week, it doesn't count towards Substance. Right. So it is going to be a very important three games. And then, obviously, next Tuesday as well with Senior Night and all those activities for both teams. But three, these three games this week are just so important. And for the boys, they are in the same conversation because they can't seem to gain any ground either. Now, they have been slowly moving up throughout this year, and especially from where they started at 0-3 in terms of sub-state standings. But now here they sit in this deadlock at 12-4, and where there are four other teams in 5A West. They've got to continue to keep moving forward because the three teams at the top of 5A are all almost locked in to not moving out of right, the top three spots. Right. Everybody's fighting for the fourth spot, which means eventually a date with Mays, and who knows if that's even the spot that you really want to be. But being in the fourth spot 
means that you will be at home. Or excuse, you wouldn't match up with Mays at no, that point. No, no, But being in the four spot gives you a chance to be at home twice. Right. And that is what is so important. Exactly. Is getting into home court advantage because home court advantage Bullpups, inside the roundhouse. Bullpups don't lose very often at home. There is not much of a better home court advantage. So everything continues to be so important throughout these final four games. And it starts tonight because the Bueller boys, looking back at that game, were probably the better team that night. And remember, at that point, McPherson was 0-3. Right. And that was their first win of the season. And they needed a big three from Max Alexander late in that game. They needed 18 points from him. They had a ton of turnovers in the game. It was up and down. And Bueller is a team that loves to shoot the three. Yeah, they do. They're young. They are kind of scattered. But, uh, you know, they were doing the five-in, five-out thing that we see McPherson College do. But Coach Swanson uh, down at Bueller, he's kind of gotten away from that. And Coach Kinneman said they don't shoot as many threes as they did, you know, before. It was just like – They were taking about 40 a game. Yeah, they were just letting it fly. They were going with the Central but, Christian women's approach. Yeah, but then uh, the, but then Coach Swanson realized he really doesn't have the shooters, uh, at least at this point, because he does have so many young guys. But, uh, uh, they're you know, they're – I think tonight you're going to see a more convincing bullpup victory. Uh, Bueller's been trending. I think they've lost seven of their last nine. They've kind of been trending downward. And, of course, the bullpups have been trending upward. And You know, I, last week the team was flat, uh, you know, against El Dorado and Winfield. They won't be flat tonight because it's Bueller. And if you can't get up for Bueller, you can't get up for anybody. The bullpups look to continue their 25-game winning streak against these Bueller Crusaders. And, Steve, every time they pop up on the schedule – we look at it and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that they've won 25 games in a row. And you have to remember there was a stretch in there from 99 to about 2006 where they weren't playing that often, maybe once a year, and in some of those years, zero times. Mm -hmm. But still, 25 in a row against a Bueller program that has been very good in this really stretch. Really it's not good. like they've just been terrible and they've oh, been that, running them over. Yeah, there's some years that was about the only losses they had was when they'd play McPherson. So Coach Kinneman keeps to hopes to keep this streak rolling. He's only lost to them three times, and a lot of those were very early on in his career as well. But a great rivalry matchup coming up tonight inside the Roundhouse, and of course it will be Think Pink Night. Steve is already wearing his pink. I'm wearing mine underneath the gray shirt. Yeah, I see it. Is that your swinging bridge oh, pink yeah. shirt? Yeah. It's my How only... long have you had that one? Mm, what year what let's see i got it on the sleeve 2017 oh that's a new one. Oh yeah steve's feeling good yeah so everybody get out early wear your pink coach strathman will talk to us a little bit in our pregame show in and our i'll have my mid-kansas sports magazines out there oh that's true steve we completely forgot about that's those right puppies. i mean people have been coming in and picking them up but uh the ones that couldn't wait but we will have our mid-kansas sports magazine commemorative issue and those are complimentary of our great sponsors so they will be out there and Last time that we had the magazines out there, they were gone in like 30 minutes. Steve will be going up and down the aisles with one of those popcorn vendors <laughs> trays in front of him with the strap around his shoulder and going, magazine, get yeah. your magazine here. Oh, yeah. No, they they flew like hotcakes last time, so I'm sure they will again. Fly like popcorn, okay. too, for you. All right, Steve, we'll take one more break. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, 
Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, and joined by the Pink Panther himself. Mr. Steve Sell. Is that a good nickname for you? Well, I think Paula Creamer's already got that nickname. She's the Pink Panther. Who's that? Oh, Fem- the golfer? Yeah, female golfer. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you've got a, a case for the Pink Panther. Well, She'll be wearing your pink tonight for Think Pink Night. Oh, yeah. Got to wear my Think Pink. So hopefully it won't be 30 degrees in the roundhouse and I have to wear my pea coat over my pink. All right, one shade off of pink. Purple tonight. Taking on burnt orange in Austin. I need your final prediction for K-State and Texas K-State on Super Tuesday. K-State 69. Ooh. Texas 64. Ooh. I think the Wildcats get it done. Nine conference wins in a row. And KU still be two back in the loss column. So K-State, you're predicting, will pick up a five-point win Yeah. in Austin. Yeah. I'm not very good at predictions, Steve. You and you don't tell, like to from, predict score, I know. I don't like to predict score. Score is hard for me. Yeah. Now, I, I like the line a little bit better where, like, tonight Texas is a three-point favorite. I like betting the point spread a little bit more. I, I usually have a better feel for that. Yeah. I don't like guessing the points, especially with K-State because they are a weird scoring team. Yeah, they are up and down offensively. Where K-State, I can – or with KU, most of the time I can predict they'll be somewhere right around 70 to 80. K-State – who knows? Well, the thing is about the Wildcats, they control their own destiny. So if they don't win the Big 12, it's on them because they are in the driver's seat. They are the big kahuna. I mean, they are they are the team in charge. They're large and in charge. Yeah. And Dean Wade from that little town, you know, in western Kansas. That little tiny town that doesn't have a McDonald's right, within 60 right. miles of That's it. That's right. Oh, he, yeah. He's playing great. Barry Brown's playing great. I think the K-State Wildcats get her done. I miss that stretch where they used to talk about that every single yeah, they game. Yeah, they don't say much about that anymore. Maybe he's just a big enough name now. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I would assume he's so. He's not just Dean yet. So when you're when you're a superstar, you're like LeBron or KD or he's not just Dean DW. DW, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I hope that they bring that up tonight and say, wow. Uh, it's amazing that he could make it out there, especially with that high school coach of his. Oh, yeah. It makes it real tough. Yeah, cowboy. Oh, yeah. All right, Steve. Tomorrow on the show, we will re- recap a little bullpup basketball. What else do we have going on this week? Uh, we got uh, state swimming coming up. Oh, that's right. Later coming this up over week. the weekend. Uh, league bowling, I believe, is this week. Oh, yeah. Regional wrestling this week. Oh, so yeah. A lot of high school stuff going on. And where can you read? All the exclusive coverage about it, Steve. MidKansasOnline.com, and we have stories up today Wow! about Khalil Lisbon and Noah Avila. Khalil signed with Butler County to play football. Noah Avila going to Tabor. And, uh, you know, they were kind of two similar guys. As juniors, you know, you really didn't, you know, see a lot out of them. Uh, Noah was a backup lineman. Khalil didn't start until halfway through. And that just shows – you know, you can't fall asleep on guys. They ended up being two really, really great players. Khalil had a lot of offers. Uh, Noah had a lot of in-state offers. And, you know, so it was great to see those guys going on to play football next year. Trust the process. That's right. Wrapping up today's show for the Pink Panther, Steve Sell. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight inside the Roundhouse. 
According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess it's